tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Good morning, girls and guys, and guys and girls, and pine cones, and whoever else there may be. Welcome to the show. If you're here deliberately, if you are here accidentally, then welcome to the best show on the show, the show on the internet. Uh, this is the RR Show, and today we are coming at you with some malicious compliance. So do as you're told, exactly as you're told, even if that's not quite what the other person was after. Grab your tea, grab your popcorn, and here we go into some r slash malicious compliance. Our first story is from a show favourite, Ancient Educator 76. The lady that argued her way out of 12 ounces of free soda, or more aptly named... Malicious compliance with a side of the most dire of consequences. I usually post about my teaching job if it's about work, but I recently got a second one working at a bacon-obsessed fast food chain. This was last night. A Sunday night. A night slow enough where I ended up taking the order, often from the back room whilst washing dishes, entering it into the system and interacting with the customer as well. One lady came through, and I say my usual greeting, Welcome to Fast Food Chain, how can I help you? And she begins her order, asking me the price of things every step of the way. She wasn't rude about it, but clearly she was struggling financially, at least today. She ordered medium fries, a medium coke, and then asked how much a small Sprite would be. I told her, rung it up as $7.69, and told her to come to the window. No Melissa Etheridge jokes. So by the time I finished the order, I actually hustled up front from the POS system so I could tell her prices, I decided to pay it forward and pour her both medium sodas. My automatic window thrashes open as I tell her the total, take her payment, and proceed to hand her the now identically sized drinks. The very moment I do this, she starts in on me saying, Look, I can't afford to be shortchanged here, I ordered one medium, not two smalls. I just… she interrupts. Well, fix it! I said I wanted one small and one medium! Malicious compliance ensues. I proceed to take one of the cups, dump it out, pull out a smaller cup, and pour her a Sprite in the new, much smaller cup. Twelve whole ounces, see? Dire consequences. As she sees this all happening, I can see on her face she realizes the error of her ways. I hand her her drink, and by this time her other item is ready to be given, and I hand it all out to her. She then promptly apologized, said it's been a long day, that she felt like a heel, and drove off into the middle of the night. Just another late night at fast food chain. Ah, big oof when you realize you accidentally screwed up free stuff. Our next story is again from Ancient Educator. Ma'am, you can't just not pay your medical bills. You need to pay. Q, capital letters, M and C. This was told to me 43 minutes ago by a colleague that I respect, admire, 
and regrets that this is one of our last lunches together. Her story, her life, is more entertaining than any show on any streaming device. Totally binge-worthy. Finally, she throws one up there that not only fits this sub, but she let me use it as well, saying, go to town. Well, let me get my man-about-town clothes on. I had a shooting headache, worst I had ever had. I didn't want to go to ER, but I had to. This was the worst feeling of my life. My blood pressure was 260 over something, I don't know. I get into the room and the nurse was pretty good, but it took a while to get the doctor in. A whole doc finally showed up and I'm trying to describe my feeling, my headache, the feeling of a weight on my chest, super heavy. He thought I was faking it. I wasn't. He tried to give me morphine and I told him, no, no, I'm allergic. He thought even more so that I was faking it to get pills. I don't even know how rejecting morphine gets me pain pills, but okay. He was a total arsehole every step of the way. He didn't listen to me when I talked, and every time he came into the room, my numbers kept spiking again. The people there said to my husband, Are you going to calm your wife down? Like that's his fucking job or something. Every time the doctor came in, my EKG went up. We wound up barring him from the room. Seriously, I'd have rather a chimpanzee in there, anybody instead of that guy. Anyway, they finally get the guy out of there and a new doc in, which took a while, but I'm glad they did. When this doctor mentioned the other doctor, my numbers spiked again. Blood pressure up! I found out I was having a panic attack and just didn't know it. So anyway, I get treated, head home, and about a month later, I get the bills from the ER. And of course, asshole doc. I pay all of the other bills I receive, but I'm thinking of not paying this one because he didn't treat me, just tried. My husband and I discussed it back and forth for a couple of weeks, and in the meantime I keep getting calls from his doctor's office. Ma'am, I understand that you saw a different doctor there, but he did treat you, he consulted with you, he attempted to diagnose, but you refused. And more garbage that rang true, but still tasted, well, like garbage. I didn't tell her I wasn't intending to pay, I just told the truth, that I didn't have the money right now. She keeps calling, every single fucking day. Each time I pretend I'm not frustrated by the calls and repeat the same spiel about not having the money. She got frustrated by my repetition probably and said, Ma'am, you can't just not pay your medical bills, you need to pay. Oh yeah? Enter malicious compliance. I decided this was going to be a whole thing. I decided I was going to take a nice picture of me and my whole family flipping off the camera and order those as my actual checks for my second bank account. Yes, she showed me the checks. Yes, it's as glorious as you can imagine. No, I don't have permission to post even part of the check. This took longer than expected to get, but when I finally got them, I decided it was time to pay. Right before collections. I wrote them a check for $1 and sent it in. They call one day soon thereafter and ask if there's any way I can pay more than $1. I tell them that yet again I don't have the money to pay more than that. They just hang up. The next month, and following 13 months, I wrote a check to that asshole doctor for one dollar. They took payment 
It never went to collections. And I'm currently considering whether to increase the pay to $10 monthly until the bill is paid, or even pay it off. I don't think I want this guy's name in my mailbox anymore. But then again, I want to make good use out of the $12 I spent getting those checks made. Paying $1 monthly would take up all the checks I ordered. I mean, who else could I write those checks to? I didn't even know checks still existed. I thought they went the way of the cassette tape. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. This next one, I think the username is Cager on Two Wheels. You want to be alerted whenever anything critical happens? Yes, sorry. Context. I work on implementing various kinds of enterprise monitoring software. I'm, or my company, is the guy that arrive, install and configure the monitoring solution, train people, and then move on to another customer. This requires a lot of input and back and forth with the customer, as doing and planning everything beforehand is not possible, as customers usually don't know what they want, what they need, and what the tool can do, which are three very separate things. Part of the job is implementing what the customer needs, not what he thinks he wants. This particular customer was getting a full end-to-end -end solution, from network and server infrastructure to end-user synthetic monitoring. Think scripts that simulate a user to ensure the applications are working at all times and measure response times. 
Obviously, this kind of full-on implementation comes from high up, usually the very top of the high up. This company is also the kind of company that if anything screws up, it's on breaking news. It is also part government-owned, so the higher-ups are not only rich and powerful, they are also connected and political. Now, onto the story itself. We're on a meeting with the higher-ups on the company, think CIO, CEO, etc. The CIO is a particularly nasty piece of work. Though he is competent, he has a bad temper, no patience, and is used to people doing whatever he says. He's the kind, I demand you call me engineer X kind of guy. The meeting was a technical one, to hammer out some monitoring details. These higher-ups wanted to be in on all meetings to get a feel on how things were going and make quick calls to any issues that might arise. A bit over the top, but it happens and is fine if they only intrude when needed. Remember, this was a tech meeting. This meeting is about a particular component, the network monitoring component. It has just been installed and configured, and we were on the tuning phase where we select what alerts are relevant, what is critical, which network nodes are critical, and which aren't. A core switch going down would mean 9 o'clock news headlines. Some Wi-Fi router would mean someone would get less network on his laptop. At one point, we discuss alerts. One colleague of mine asks, What do you want to be alerted on? At this point, all the techs and consultants were a bit tired of the CIO constantly, aggressively, and impolitely telling everyone how things should be done. Mostly stuff he had little idea how it worked. True to form, he interrupts immediately and says, I want to be alerted by SMS for every critical event that appears. Me and my colleague tried to explain that it is not a good idea at all. My supervisor also butts in and tells him that is not what he wants. His response was, I'm the one who knows what I want. I pay the bills. You do what I want. If you do not do what I want, you will feel my breath on your back. We trade a look amongst us that read, uh, well, he asked for it. I tell him that will be implemented during the day on Friday. We just need the number to send the SMS to. And so it was done. This network solution in particular is notable in the industry for being the best. But out of the box, it alerts for everything. A switch has a fan that's not rotating because it's supposed to be there, but it's not actually physically there. So the readout says zero. That is a critical event. A network port has an administrative status of up, meaning it's turned on and should have a network cable on it, but has a link status of down, meaning no network cable there. That is a critical event. With switches numbering in the hundreds and ports per switch numbering also in the hundreds, if not thousands. Obviously, network devices going down and things like that are also critical events. The trick is to figure out that for some devices, that network admin status difference to the actual link is a major problem and for others, it's just someone lazily turned them all on and didn't actually need to connect them. Usual procedure is to SMS email only on nodes going down, throughput going over a certain threshold, etc. He wanted everything, so we gave him everything. 
turned on the events to forward to the SMS gateway at Friday, 1759, left at 1800 exactly. He received around half a million events during the weekend. He tried to call my supervisor, me and my colleague, my supervisor's boss and his boss. Our team had our phones off, on purpose, obviously. His phone received SMSs non-stop every half a second for the whole weekend. Now, even if he did manage to contact us, we'd need to physically go on site, but our security passes would not allow for that, and we were also not obliged to work the weekend. He couldn't turn his phone off due to other duties and responsibilities, so it rang through the night happily. I guess at one point he put it on silent. Come Monday, a very angry and somewhat surprisingly quite polite CIO came round our posts and asked us to turn that off. We did, and his phone kept receiving the backlog of critical events for quite a few days after. 24-7 until the whole backlog on the SMS gateway was cleared. That story in particular is why we now have a very strong policy of never ask the customer what they want. Oh, holy shit, imagine that your phone just going bing, 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 bing. <laughs> you know what? To simulate that for the next story in the background, I'm just going to have bing, bing, bing the whole time. Nah, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. And back with Ancient Educator for our last story. If you want to make it a whole thing, go ahead and call the cops. My usually not irresponsible teenager lost his phone and just realized it while competing in a district track meet he was invited to. This fueled my urgency to find his phone more than its value or anything else. I had my daughter use her Find My Phone app to see it at a local convenience store. I refreshed the search to see that it was hovering around the space of the store in the parking lot, almost back and forth between two locations. I tell my daughter I'm taking her phone with me to the store to retrieve it in between my son's events, 100 meter discus and shot put. I arrive through the doors a la Kramer from Seinfeld, phone up and in hand like I'm on a timed scavenger hunt. The clerk gets suddenly shifty, looking at me, then looking away, then looking at his customer. Understandable with how I entered. I jumped in line, patiently waiting for the customer in front of me to interview the clerk about the state lottery system, a barrage of ridiculous questions that I couldn't even write up. Finally, it's my turn and now I'm the only customer in here. I also noticed that upon refreshing the app I was using, it hadn't moved since I entered the store. I began with what would be a line of my own questions. Hey, uh, my son lost his phone and this app says it's near here. Has anyone turned in a phone? Lion clerk says, No. I retort, Could you look around and see? Because I've refreshed this over the past 20 minutes and it's here. Liar McLiastein continues his poorly spun web of lies. I don't know anything about it, man, so quit bothering me. You lost your phone, get over it. Dude, it's here. Where is my phone? If you want to make it a whole thing, go ahead and call the cops. See what they do. Oh, let's do that then, shall we? Now, I know that I can ping the phone 
to make noise, but I don't know if he's got it in his car, in the back room locked up, or somewhere I can't go without getting arrested, like behind his counter. I call the cops, explain the situation and my suspicions. The police ask what app I used, if it's active, if I have any more evidence that it's in his possession. I explained I didn't want to ping it yet until they could help. They agreed to send out a car. I waited outside, next door, out of his line of sight, hoping he was convinced I left. The police arrive and I flag them to me, showing him the app. They also took my ID, which was weird, but whatever. We end up entering the store together as I ping the phone. It's in his office. He answers questions as he gets handcuffed. I get the phone back to the track just in time to miss him getting second in discus. Well guys, thank you very much for being with us here on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, don't forget, links to our Discord and everything else is on the rrshow.com now. Until next time, guys, thanks once more. Peace out.